0: Thanks for spending part of your Memorial Day weekend with us, and we certainly want to just take a moment out and thank uh, all those who have given their lives uh, in our nation's service uh, so that we can have freedom and come and worship God today as we feel called to. So let's just take a moment of silence uh, in honor of those uh, who died uh, on our behalf. Thank you god for the service and the sacrifice of these brave men and women in christ's name we pray amen we are in the midst of this sermon series called the way Uh, and in the uh, book of acts the early church before it was called the church before they were called christians uh, followers of jesus were called the way because jesus says i am the way i am the truth and i am the life and so we follow Jesus because he's the way to God. He is God himself. So again, glad you're here today to be a part of that discussion. I have a quick question for you, and I'll admit it's a bit of a trick question today. Okay, so I want to ask you this. We're going to think back to some very classic comedy way back in the day. How many Three Stooges were there? Trick question. Any guess? Four, three, five two? No. <laughs> Let's try and name how many Three Stooges? Who are they? Larry, Curly, Mo, and Shemp, right? So that's four. So more than three, right? Yep. Did you know that Mo and Curly and Shemp were all brothers in real life? Um, Mo and uh, Larry were consistently part of the Three Stooges, but actually they're four—not more. there are four. <laughs> they're more than four. There's six Three Stooges. Check this out. We got a picture of them. All right, Mo, Larry, Curly. Right. So Mo and Larry are always Stooges, and then the third Stooge is always different. Right. So we had Curly, then Shemp, his brother filled in for him, then Joe Besser and then Joe Dorita. So uh, you can go back and look at those old shorts and movies. There were actually six Three Stooges, and we usually remember two or three of them, and the other two guys are like, who is that, right? Well, today we're gonna talk about a part of God that a lot of us might not know very well or seems to be left out. Let me just be very clear that God is not a Stooge, okay? So God is not a three, one of the Three Stooges, but when we think about God, we certainly have heard about God the Father, We've heard about Jesus the Son. And then there's this part of God called the Holy Spirit. And some of us might have heard of the Holy Spirit and we might encounter the Holy Spirit, but a lot of times, usually people know a lot more about God the Father, God the Son, than God the Holy Spirit, right? So and just for clarity, we believe in one God that comes to us in three different persons, right? So it's called the Trinity and it's hard to wrap our brains around, right? But one God, three persons, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We also know that God is beyond male or female. So if, if that, that masculine language kind of bothers you, like father and son, like if you don't have a good relationship with your dad or, or your son, that kind of thing, right? We also call them creator, redeemer, and sustainer, right? God the father, the creator, Jesus the son, uh, the redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, the sustainer, right? So today, I'd like to walk us through and think about the Holy Spirit, it's this part of God that's kind of mysterious to some of us. Some of us dig the Holy Spirit, and we're right there with that. But I just want to invite you to think about in your life. How much do you know about the Holy Spirit? And what has been your experience with the Holy Spirit? How, what kind of encounters have you had with the Holy Spirit? And if that's not a lot, that's okay. Uh, we're going to look at that today because it's a very special day in the life of, of the church, right, and the way. right? Today is Pentecost Sunday, Uh, which over 2,000 years ago was the birth of the church, right? Pentecost was a Jewish religious festival. It happens 50 days after Easter. It used to be um, Passover, but now it's after Easter, right? So this is 50 days after Easter, and that's today. And we celebrate when the Holy Spirit came down upon the believers and some people who were not believers, and the church or the way was born. All right, so today we're going to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. Let's go right to the scriptures and see what happened on that very first Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And again, what's your experience of the Holy Spirit in your life? So Acts 2, chapter uh, 2, verses 1 through 2 and following, right? So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. These are like the disciples of Jesus, right? So Jesus has died. He's come back to life. He's ascended into heaven. So all the believers are kind of hanging out together. And then suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. A lot of times we think about the Holy Spirit as wind. This is one example why, right? This big sound like wind came up, the Holy Spirit's getting ready to show up, okay? So they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, right? So all this fire appears out of nowhere, like individual pieces of fire come and they rest on the disciples, right? Another image for the Holy Spirit is fire. Some of us are wearing red today because fire is red, fire is orange, right? So the Holy Spirit, wind and fire, Right, Red, orange, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, I want to clarify here. There is a spiritual gift in the Bible of speaking in tongues where God comes into someone, gives them special ability to, to talk in a divine language that's not earthly, and God uses that to, to preach and prophesy, and someone else is given a gift to interpret that, Okay. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is the Holy Spirit is giving these disciples the ability to speak in other languages of the day. It would be like today that someone would start talking in Spanish or French or German, right? But so it's a, it's a different thing than the spiritual gift of tongues. This is just like other languages, okay? So let's see what happens with that. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, and when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Right? I hear German, I hear English, I hear Spanish. Right? Utterly amazed, they ask, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Right? So the, most of the disciples are from the northern part of Israel around the Sea of Galilee. So how could they know all of these different languages? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Right? Translation: how are these rednecks from up north who live in the mountains speaking my language? Right? This is freaking me out, okay? Right? So that's what they're thinking, right? How they speak these other languages, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, right? visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. How are these guys speaking our language? And they're saying these amazing things about God, the Holy Spirit, right? Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine, right? They're drunk, they're just uttering things, right? When God's presence comes and is so real and powerful, sometimes we just can't take it and we divert and we make fun of it, right? This was the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to the disciples. There are all these people from around the world, right, celebrating Pentecost, doing all this kind of stuff. And the disciples began to speak in their languages about the power of God. And so then Peter, right, one of the 12 disciples, he was the leader of the 12 disciples of Jesus, stands up and he starts talking and preaching about Jesus and about how Jesus died on the cross, how he came back to life so that we could be forgiven the wrong things that we do. We can live a life that's full and live forever in the kingdom of God, right? Peter just lays it out there, right? And people listen, and they hear it in their language, right? At the end of that big sermon that Peter gives, over 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus, and the church is born. The way begins, right? And so today, it's the the same time that it happened over 2,000 years ago. Today's Pentecost Sunday, and we celebrate the coming of not only Christ, but also the Holy Spirit that's come to be upon us. Now, if we had been reading in the Gospels and listening to Jesus, if we had been one of those original disciples when all this stuff starts happening, the wind starts blowing, fire comes down, we start speaking these other languages, we might not be surprised because Jesus had been telling them time after time, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, right? Let's look and see what Jesus had been saying to the disciples. This is from John's Gospel, right? When Jesus is alive before he gets crucified, right? If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate. That's another word for the Holy Spirit, right? What's an advocate? Someone who stands up for us, someone who fights for us. Would you like someone to stand up for you, to fight for you, right? God sends the Holy Spirit, the advocate, to stand up for us, right? To help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, right? Oh, they're drunk with wine, right? The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you, right? The followers of Jesus, right? The spirit's gonna be in you and with you, all right? Let's see what he says in John 16, a couple of chapters from from where we just were. But very truly, I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away, right? Jesus is gonna die, all right? He's gonna go away for a little while, right? Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, right? Before we know who God is, we don't know how far we are from God. And so the Spirit's job is to help us know, hey, there's something broken in your life and you need God and let me show you how to get there, right? That's what the Spirit does. It works in our life before we even know who God is, right? And about sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Okay, let's keep going. This is from the book of Acts. This is after Jesus had been killed. He's come back to life. He's appeared to his disciples and he's getting ready to ascend into heaven. He's going to be with God in heaven, right? And this is what he says to his disciples before he goes, right? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, right? So Jerusalem is local, right? Judea is like the state that Jerusalem's in. Samaria are the enemies who live nearby and the ends of the earth, right? The Holy Spirit will give you power to take the gospel to everybody, to those who are here, to those who are not like you, to those who are far away. So the Holy Spirit, Right? Jesus talked and talked about it. So the disciples shouldn't be surprised, but I'm still guessing they're freaking out when the wind's blowing, fire's coming, they're talking languages, they don't know how to speak. That's gotta be a lot to deal with. How would you deal with that, even if you knew that it was coming? What's interesting though, is that the Holy Spirit was around before Pentecost, right? The Holy Spirit was around believers way before this, right? And Jesus knows that, right? It's just what Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit's coming in a fresh way right? Fresh wind, fresh fire. There's a book written about that, right? The Holy Spirit's coming in a fresh way. But let's look back to the Old Testament to see that the Holy Spirit has always been with us and in the world. Now, this is the very first verse in the Bible, Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was hovering over the waters. God has always existed. The Holy Spirit has always been with us, even from the very beginning. Let's jump to Job 33.4. Uh, the Spirit of God has made me. Right? We're all created by God, the Father, the Creator, but also by Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Advocate. Right? It's three in one. Right? So the Holy Spirit has created you. All right, the breath of the Almighty gives me life, right? Again, an image for the Holy Spirit is breath, All right? One more, this is from Isaiah 9.6. This is the famous passage of scripture that we read in the season of Advent and Christmas. This is a prophecy about Jesus being born, right? The son of God, God himself, the Messiah. We always look back to Isaiah. This is the prophecy. But look who else is spoken of in Isaiah 9.6. This is pretty cool. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, Jesus the Son, right? And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, right? Another name for the Holy Spirit is Advocate or Counselor, right? So we see the Holy Spirit showing up here. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, right? Prince of Peace. So in that one scripture, we see the Trinity. We see Father, Son, and Spirit, Right, so the Spirit right, doesn't just show up, isn't just created at Pentecost. It arrives in a fresh way, but it's always existed, and it's been really cool. Right? So again, what's your experience of the Holy Spirit? What's your, your experience, what's your encounter, right? what, what's your knowledge? We're going to keep going and looking at that. So I want to look at some uh, aspects of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at some practical truths of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, And I'm going to list a lot of things that the Holy Spirit is. And in parentheses, there's going to be some scripture passages. And if you're the type of person that wants to go deeper, right? You might get your phone out and take a picture of some of these things. Because we're not going to go to all these passages of scriptures. But if this is interesting to you, you might want to take a picture of it. Go home and during your devotion time uh, this week, you might want to look those up. And if not, that's okay too, right? We're going to talk about what it means. But anyway, I just want to give you a heads up of what's coming. So let's look at some practical truths. About the Holy Spirit, right? So, first one is the Holy Spirit's person. Remember, I said we have one God that comes to us in three persons God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, creator, redeemer, sustainer, right? So, the Holy Spirit's not like an it or a they or something, right? It's, it's, it's a person of God, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit is God right? So it's fully God, just like Jesus was fully God and fully human, right? This, I know Trinity stuff, Trinitarian stuff's kind of crazy, but it is what it is, right? The Holy Spirit is God, right? The Holy Spirit is eternal, lasts forever. And shockingly, the Holy Spirit's holy. I bet you didn't see that one coming, right? What does holy mean? It means to be set apart. It means to be good, right? Uh, so the Holy Spirit is set apart to do something special in the world, right? When we are followers of Jesus, when we're followers of the way, right? God makes us holy, sets us apart for a special purpose, right? You are holy. You were set apart. God has plans for you to do something special in the world, just like the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, the Holy Spirit prays for us. This is cool. I want to read you this scripture, right? Let's go to Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself, right? He's a person of God, intercedes for us through wordless groans. Have you ever been just in a place where you just, you want to talk to God, but you don't know how to do that? Maybe it's out of frustration or stress or just you're at your wits end, right? Sometimes we don't know what to pray for. Like I just, I'm lost in my life. I'm not sure what to do this passage of scripture is so comforting to me that when i just don't know what to do in my relationship to god the holy spirit's praying for me and that's powerful when i first uh, became a pastor almost 30 years ago uh, my first assignment was to a church in the same county where i graduated from high school it was not in the same town but it was in the same county so that i felt like i was kind of going home and one of my very best friends from high school um, he was a teacher when he got out of uh, college and he went back to our hometown, and uh, he was uh, serving in a school there. He taught band. He taught music, and so uh, we're two towns, same county, but it was really cool. We were both starting out our careers, and we could hang out with each other, And because he was like a brother to me in high school, and it was really awesome. One day, uh, he gave me a call, and he said, hey, can you come over? I'm like, sure. Maybe we can get together later today, or sometime this weekend. He's like, can you come over right now? Something's happened." I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I think God is talking to me, but I'm not sure, and I need to run this by somebody. Can you come over right now? I said, absolutely. right, so my friend, lifelong friend here, you grew up together in high school, that kind of stuff. Um, He was a Christian. He followed Jesus. He grew up in the Presbyterian church. I grew up in the Methodist church. He loved God. I wouldn't say that he was overly religious or anything at that time. Religion was part of his life. He loved the Lord. Um, So I got to his house and on the way, I'm just praying, you know, Lord, you know, help me not to screw this up. You're talking to to, to my friend and I don't want to screw that up. I want to be a help to him, but I don't know what to say. I don't know what's going on and I don't know what to expect. So I get there and he just says, you know, I just have this overwhelming feeling that God is with me. God's calling me to do something. I just have this sense of joy that I haven't had. And he begins to like, just crying these tears of joy and not understanding. And I'm thinking, God, what do you want me to say to him? Like, I don't want to mess this up, right? You know, what are you saying to him, right? And this verse came to mind. And I looked it up and I read it with him. He's like, that's exactly what's happening. He's like, God's been praying for me when I can't pray for myself. And like, it was like a rebirth in his faith. It was a beautiful thing. And he, he'd been baptized before, but he really wanted to celebrate this moment. So we brought him over to the church later and we don't re-baptize people because we believe when you're baptized, right? God's in that and you don't need to redo something that works the first time. But we do take water and we remember our baptism as a way of looking back. And so we remembered his baptism. He rededicated his life to Christ. Uh, and soon after that, in addition to his teaching job, he began to uh, do, be the music leader of a, a local church in the community where he was living. Uh, and still, almost 30 years later, he's still doing church music, right? The Holy Spirit works in our lives even before we understand that. The Holy Spirit prays for us even when we don't understand that. How could the Holy Spirit maybe be working in your life right now? Maybe asking God to open your eyes to see how the Spirit's working. Let's keep going and see what happens here right some more practical truths the Holy Spirit has emotions right the, care, the spirit cares for us the spirit weeps for us when we hurt right things like that the Holy Spirit uh, makes choices has a will right has a mind and wants us to, to make good choices as well the Holy Spirit is omnipotent which means all-powerful omnipresent right omni means all the Holy Spirit's everywhere at all times And omniscient right knows everything just like god the father god the son the Holy Spirit is all-powerful is everywhere and knows everything right the Holy Spirit is something else okay Uh, so now let's think about some ways that we encounter the Holy Spirit whether we're believers or not believers okay so the first one we saw this a little bit earlier right the Holy Spirit works with us before we believe the Holy Spirit is working in our lives even before we know who God is. Have you ever known anybody who doesn't know God, who most people might consider to be a rude or arrogant or even a mean person, and yet they have their moments where they might surprise you with a gesture of kindness, or they're able to love something, maybe not you, but someone in their life, or maybe their pet or something, right? This is the Holy Spirit, right? God works in us before we know who God is. Anything that we do that's good or loving in the world before we know God is the Holy Spirit working through us, which is pretty powerful, right? So even people who don't know God can do good things. Even people who don't know God can love and do amazing things and surprise us, right? So the Holy Spirit works in us, right, before we even know who God is. And then we read earlier, right, the, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to let us know that there's brokenness in our lives, that we do wrong things, which the Bible calls sin. And we experience guilt over that, right? So what the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's kind of like our conscience, right? Before we know who God is, we do something wrong. We feel bad about that. That's the Holy Spirit saying, there's something broken inside of you and I'm here to help, right? And so the Holy Spirit comes to us in that way as well. And right? so the Holy Spirit also comes into our lives and lets us know that until we have an experience with God, there's always going to be something missing in our lives. There's going to be, like, like, there's a hole inside of us, right? We might be successful in our job. We might have a beautiful spouse. We might have money. We might have things. We might have everything in the world that the, that the world says is successful. But there's still something missing inside of us. That's the Holy Spirit causing us to be restless to say, you're not going to feel whole Until you're in a right relationship with me with God so we call this prevenient grace God working in our lives before we know it the Holy Spirit comes into our lives to let us know that we have brokenness that there's something missing right that we can have goodness in our lives that's the Holy Spirit working in our lives before we know it when did you first experience anything like what I've talked about how have you known that the Holy Spirit might be working in your life before you know who God is? Now, I know a lot of us are believers. Some of us are checking it out. Some of us might not be believers. And how could the Holy Spirit maybe be stirring stuff up in your life right now? So if we go back, you can go right right back to that other one. All right. So works with us before we believe, right? The Holy Spirit comes into us when we have belief in christ right and then once we become believers the holy spirit comes on us to empower us right so the spirit's with us before we have god the spirit's with us when we accept god as our savior and once we've accepted god as our savior i love this one right the holy spirit comes upon us to empower us right so the holy spirit calls us gets us to jesus right we, we receive salvation when we believe in jesus and what he did for us on the cross Right? And then the Holy Spirit comes upon us to empower us. Once we have Jesus right, in the resurrection and the resurrection life, forgiven by God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit's with us as believers for the rest of our lives. And one thing that the Holy Spirit does is it gives us power. It gives us power to do the right thing. Right. So now that we're believers in Christ, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we're not tempted to do sin. Right. But as followers of the Holy Spirit, now we have the power to resist it right an example you might say something mean to me and i want to smash you in the face right you might cut me off in the traffic i want to cuss you out right i'm at school and i'm feeling pressure and i know that i need to make an a on this test and there's no way i'm going to do it unless i cheat right i want to do that right the holy spirit comes in and says you don't have to hit him in the face you don't have to cut him off you don't have to give him the middle finger you don't have to cheat on that test right we could keep going and on and on When the Holy Spirit's in us, it gives us power to choose to do the right thing, right? Outwardly. Now, we're still gonna get it wrong sometimes. And thanks be to God, he's still gonna forgive us and give us that grace. But the Holy Spirit gives us power. And sometimes I don't think we claim that power enough, right? Spirit, I wanna do this, it's wrong. Give me some power, right? I need that power. You know what else the Holy Spirit does? It's not just work on our outward sin, but on our inward sin, right? To where... I have mean thoughts about you or lustful thoughts about you or terrible thoughts about you, right? Or I just love to hate you. I want to go to bed hating you. That that hate keeps me warm at night, right? The Holy Spirit comes in and says, let me take care of that. That's a lot to carry around. That's a lot of bad emotion that you don't need, right? So it's not just the outward sin that the Holy Spirit goes to work on. It's that inward stuff that just clings to us, that guilt, that self-hate, that hatred towards other people. And the Holy Spirit gives us power and starts to work on that. I don't know about you, but I need a lot of the Holy Spirit in my heart and in my actions. And that's exactly why the Holy Spirit is here. It empowers us as believers in Christ to do the right thing. So let's look at some ways that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. The Holy Spirit helps us speak. Uh, Paul had to go in front of all these powerful people that weren't in favor of Jesus. And he's like, what am I gonna say? Right? And Paul says to the other believers, he's like, when you get to the point, God will give you the words that you need. Right? If you have to have a difficult conversation this week, you, you don't know what to say to someone that you love or someone that, that you don't like. Right? If you go in and you're prayed up, right? the Holy Spirit says, I will give you the words that you need. Right? That's a powerful thing to take advantage of. Say, Holy Spirit, give me the words that I need. Right. Uh, the Holy Spirit's our comforter, our advisor, our encourager and our strength. Right. The Holy Spirit is with us in the day to day struggles. Right. This past Wednesday, uh, my son, Nathan, who's 11, went to the community pool. Uh, one of his friends jumped in the pool, landed on his head. Right. He comes up. And he's got blood everywhere. Right. His brother, Luke, is like helping him out. He, Luke's 15. Nathan's 11. I Had to take Nathan to the emergency room and he got five staples in his head right and so like when I see my son covered in blood I'm rushing him to the emergency hospital right I'm freaking out his mom's freaking out right Luke's freaking out we're all trying to we're concerned about him but all of a sudden right we're like Lord help us right and this sense of peace comes over me It comes over Laura comes over Luke right and it's just awesome to see everybody rally around Nathan we get him there and you know and it works out right in our lives when stress happens when people that we love are hurting Right? When when things aren't going right, the Holy Spirit is with us. And we can claim the power of that Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Help me now. Right? What is it in your life right now where you need to be comforted or you need to have strength? You need to have someone fight for you or stand up for you. Right? The Holy Spirit is our advocate, right? He's our comforter. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be God's witnesses to the world. Right? Remember the early church, the way was called to be witnesses from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the world. How do we share the good news of Jesus? I don't know where to begin. The Holy Spirit is going to help me. Okay? Uh, the Holy Spirit sets us free from sins we can't get rid of. Right. We talked a little bit about that. Um, and then the next one lets us know that we're God's children. A lot of times in our lives, we feel that we're worthless, that we're terrible losers, we can't get anything right. But the Holy Spirit says... You're God's child. You might not be perfect, but you have worth because you are created in God's image and you are God's child, right? So the Holy Spirit reminds us of that. Holy Spirit makes us aware of our sin, right? We talked about that. We, we've learned that we have brokenness in our lives. The Holy Spirit's the one that teaches us that. Uh, the Holy Spirit brings life and freedom, right? We don't have to be trapped to our sin and our guilt and our shame. And the Holy Spirit fills us with hope and the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. This is really neat. If you wanna go to 1 Corinthians 12 or to Romans 12, uh, the Spirit gives each and every one of us who's a follower of Jesus special spiritual gifts that we're supposed to use for the church and for the world. For some of us, it's faith. For some of us, it's healing. For some of us, it's wisdom. For some of us, it's speaking in tongues or interpreting those tongues, right? For some of us, it's prophecy. For some of us, it's working miracles right? You have special gifts that God has given you to build up the church, to build up the way, and to make the world a better place. Do you know what those gifts are? And are you using them, right, to follow God and to make the world a better place? So check out 1 Corinthians 12, check out Romans 12, and learn more about spiritual gifts. Right, And uh, just the last thing we're going to talk about, uh, the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Right, Evidence or fruit of the Spirit. If you have the Spirit in your life, then your life's going to look a little something like this. It includes love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All right? So just look at those words for a minute. If you have the Spirit in your life... Then this is gonna be evidence that you're gonna experience some of this in your life. That doesn't mean you're not gonna get mad and have some issues and stressed out, but this is kind of what your life begins to look like as we grow with the Spirit living in us. Right? Evidence or fruit of the Spirit. So the the way, right, the early church was doing. Awesome things. We learned last week that the reputation was far and widespread. It was a positive reputation, right? Thousands of people are coming to the way. Why are they coming to the way? Why are they doing all this, right? They were performing signs and wonders and miracles. They had the hopeful message of the gospel of redemption and salvation and forgiveness and life to the full. Uh, they were taking care of people with their financial needs, right? They would take their money and pull it together and help people where no one had a need in the community, right? Just amazing. They were hospitable. They were inclusive, right? Men and women, rich and poor, slave and free, right? Jews and Gentiles, right? All inclusive. And they were bold. They stood up to power. They spoke back to the people that killed Jesus, Right how did all of this happen how did all the, the way you know have thousands of people coming because it was led by the power of the holy spirit so what's the point today what's the big idea so what what's the big idea this is what i think it is spirit led is the way the early church the way was led by the holy spirit Right? We began by saying Jesus is the way. Last week, we said reputable is the way. This week, spirit led us away. The, the early church, the way, was led by the Holy Spirit. And that's our prayer at South Park Church. And all Christian churches everywhere are led by the Spirit. Right? Not by what Kyle wants or the leadership team wants or, or anyone else in the church. What is the Holy Spirit calling us to do in this place at this time? All right, so I'd like to invite you to consider one action step this week as we think about our response to the Holy Spirit. Ask to be led by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome in our church. You're welcome in my heart. Ask to be led by the Holy Spirit. Right? Since time began, God has been trying to give God away to humanity right? God sends out Jesus. God sends out the Father. God sends out the Holy Spirit, right? God has been trying to give himself away since time began. But a lot of times we're not interested. We're more interested in success or power or looking good or anything else, right? But God is trying to pour God's self out into us. And if we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us, the Holy Spirit will lead us. Right? And sometimes it'll be a nudge. It's just something that you know that God's calling you to do. Sometimes it'll be crystal clear and like, like a screaming voice at you and sometimes it'll kinda of be in the middle. And I know sometimes people say, Well, how do I know that it's God speaking to me and not just something that I'm hearing coming from, mean, from my own brain? And that's a great question. All right, and so one of the things that John Wesley, the founder of our denomination, said is like when we hear from God, it's good to kind of weigh that. Right? How does what I hear from God match up with Scripture? How does it match up with what the church teaches? How does it match up with the reason, the, the brain that God has given me? How does it match up with my personal experience of God? Right? So we can test what we hear. But if we want to be led by the Spirit, all we have to do is ask. God has been trying since time again to pour God's self into us. If you've ever been to the subway in London, England, uh, or maybe you've seen about this on television or on the internet, right? When you go to the subway, they have this funny phrase. Does anybody know what it's called? Mind Mind the gap. That's right. So there's the subway platform, there's the subway train, and there's a gap between it. Right and so the British way of saying watch out for the gap they're saying mind the gap so that you don't step in the gap fall in and get run over by a subway car right that would be bad right so but mind the gap sounds kind of unique right rather than watch the gap it's mind the gap and so they're known for this they sell t-shirts and hats and magnets and keychains that say mind the gap uh, I wish I could have a really cool British accent, but I don't, right? So when you go to London and you hear when you step on the car, it says, Mind the Gap in the beautiful British accent, or they announce it on the loudspeaker, you probably buy a keychain that says, Mind the Gap out loud, right? When you think about our lives, there are a lot of gaps in our lives, right? There's a gap between us and God when we are not in a good relationship with God. There are gaps between us and other people in our lives where we have broken relationships. Maybe it's somebody that we loved a lot and, and, and we're distant from them. Maybe it's someone we never liked at all. Maybe we work with them or live near them, but there is a gap in that relationship. There are gaps in the person that we are and the person that we want to be. There's a gap between the person that we are and the, and the person that God created us to be. There's a gap between us living a happy life. There are a lot of gaps in our lives. That's what the Holy Spirit's here for, is to fill the gaps. The Holy Spirit came to fill the gaps. The gaps between us and God, the gaps between us and each other, the gap between who we are and who we could be, the gaps between us and a life that is full of joy and peace and gentleness and kindness and self-control. Are you experiencing some gaps in your life? Well, that's why the Holy Spirit came. And that Holy Spirit is ready to come and live in you. Maybe the gap is... I just feel restless. I just don't feel complete in my life. That's the Holy Spirit saying, you need me in your life. Right? There's a Holy Spirit sized hole in your life that only the Holy Spirit can fill. What gaps are in your life? And what gaps could the Holy Spirit come and fill for you? Spirit led is the way. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. And mind the gap.